Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. He is risen. Come on, say it again. He is risen. Amen. So it's such a joy to sing with you and clap our hands and worship to our Lord. We gather with the church around the world in declaring that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. No better news in the world than this. And the good news of Christianity is this, friends. Uh, Christianity is not simply the good news that God can make bad people good or good people better. Christianity is the good news that God can make dead people come alive. And dead things come alive as well. And so we rejoice and celebrate together. If you're new to our congregation, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life. And whether you're in the room or watching from YouTube or Facebook or newlife.nyc, just a gift to worship with you. And at the end of our service, I'll be downstairs with some of our pastors, and we would love to meet you before you head out of this room and so building. And so if you've never met me or we've never met each other uh, or if we haven't seen each other in a while, please make yourself to us. We'd love to connect before you head out of this building. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture today, two passages of Scripture out of the book of Revelation, Revelation 1 and Revelation 21, the beginning of Revelation and the end of Revelation. And boy, do I have good news to preach this morning. And I pray that you have ears to hear and a heart to receive and eyes to see what the Lord is doing in our midst. Revelation chapter 1, beginning of verse 17, hear the word of the Lord says, do not be afraid. This is our Lord Jesus talking. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. You missed about three opportunities to say amen, Uh, and so I'm going to read it again, all right, because you missed it. You missed it, but I'm going to give you another chance, all right? It says, do not be afraid. Oh, yeah, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Oh, hey, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I got another verse, though. I got another verse. Come on, come on. Put on the next one. Okay, this is another opportunity for you to say amen. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Amen. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Amen. amen. Lord, I pray that you would breathe on us now through the power of your spirit. Give us this good news, Lord. May we feel it deep down in our soul. That what we declare dead in your hands can be made alive. Our families can be made alive. Our our hopes can be made alive. Our future can be made alive. Our purpose can be made alive. And so, Holy Spirit, breathe on us this day as we celebrate the good news of the resurrection. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, Amen. amen, amen. We live in what many call the up grade generation, the upgrade generation. We are a society that's fixated on getting stuff that's always new. There's something that strikes a nerve in our society around getting something new. This is why many of us love Easter. Uh, on Easter, we feel this collective permission to get something new. 
a new outfit, amen, uh, uh, a, a new pair of shoes, uh, a new hat. I mean, we get this collective permission to get something new. But the dark side of this desire to get something new is that the stuff that we've had can seem obsolete, that we can throw away stuff a bit too early that should not have been discarded at all. And so this happens when you buy a phone and then a, a year later, a year and a half later, a new phone comes out. And you're like, this phone is old, I, I need a new phone. Or a new car comes around and you feel like, I need a new car. Or a new man comes around, he's like, I need a new man. <laughs> And I know what this is like because over the course of my life, I've gotten new stuff and then I found myself wanting to get even more new stuff when I saw something new. For example, my third car, because the first two were all messed up, my third car was a 1995 Nissan Altima and I, this is me with my Altima. Look at me. This is, this is, someone said, Pastor Rich, this must have been before you got saved. I said, no, no, this is right after I got saved. This is... <laughs> Because in Brooklyn, uh, the meaner you look, the happier you truly are. And so this was me with my car, my 1995 Altima. I was so happy with it. I washed the car, armor all on the tires. I had a Puerto Rican boxing glove hanging off the mirror. Just, I, I just wonderful. I was feeling so good about my car until about two, three weeks later when a friend of mine rolled up with his, with his Jaguar, his, his Jaguar. And I went back saying, my car stinks, you know? I need something new because this isn't gonna cut it. Now that's a very superficial way of thinking about it, but I do think that deep down inside, we're all longing for something new. We're longing for new hopes, longing for a new sense of peace, longing for relationships to be made new, longing for a sense of purpose to be renewed inside of us. We are all drawn to something that is new. And the resurrection reminds us that newness is a possibility. Newness in Jesus is a possibility, but the way the world understands what's new or newness is different from how the Christian story understands what is new. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen one, says in this passage of scripture, behold, I am making all things new. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is the greatest Sunday in human history because not only does Jesus Christ come back from the dead, he takes on our sin on Good Friday. He takes on our punishment. He bears the sin of the world on his shoulders, but he does not stay dead. On Easter Sunday, he's risen from the dead. And, and because he is risen from the dead, we can be risen too. Because he's risen from the dead, you can be made alive as well. And that's what we find in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is, is the most misunderstood book in the entire Bible. Most people look to the book of Revelation as, to, as to, the way to figure out when the world is going to come to a, a really tragic end. We're trying to connect the dots with what's happening in our world, and we read the book of Revelation to figure out how is this thing going to come to an end. People get fixated on stuff like the Antichrist. People get fixated on all the symbols and everything along those lines. And many of us are afraid of the book of Revelation. And I understand this. Before I was a Christian, I remember I didn't know much about the Bible, but I knew enough that, th that there's certain numbers in the book of Revelation that can't be good. It just seems like it's a bad thing. And, and I remember when I was 19 years of age, it was my birthday, and I was getting ready to go to a club, and I was going to pick up some friends, 
friends, and they said, pick me up in Garden City by Roosevelt Field Mall. And they were standing in front of a building that had the address of it of 666. You've seen this building before in Garden City? Some of you are like, I, I don't, I make, don't make eye contact with the building. You know what I'm saying? That's just, I don't pass by the building. This is bad news to pass by in front of this building. And so that night, I picked up my friends in front of 666. I didn't know anything of the Bible, but I thought, this is not going to be a good night. This is not going to be a good night. And about two hours later, I got in a car accident. I got in a car accident. My mother's blue station wagon, the little thing, uh, messed it all up. And, to that, and that day, I realized the reason I got in the car accident was because I drove by a building that had 666 on it. Many people look at the book of Revelation with superstition. Many people look at the Revelation with fear. But the good news of the, the book of Revelation is not about what, the, you know, we should not be afraid of it because what the book of Revelation is giving us is human history from God's perspective. Human history from the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrected perspective of Jesus Christ, which is why in verse 17, uh, chapter 1, Jesus says these words, don't be afraid, I am the first and the last, the living one, I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Revelation begins with hope that we don't worship a dead God, amen, that we worship the God who has defeated death, that he is the living God, and because he's the living God, he's at work in your life at this very moment. Whether you can see it or not, the resurrection declares that Jesus Christ is alive and active and moving on your behalf. And he says, I, am the, I was dead, but now I'm alive. That's Revelation 1. And then in Revelation 21, he talks about what he's up to, what he's doing. He says, I am making all things new. Now, I want you to hear those six words because there's a way of hearing them that's correct and a way that's hearing them that's incorrect. He says, I am making all things new. Notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, I am making all new things. No, I am making all things new. Not all new things, but all things new. To say that God makes all things new is basically saying that God doesn't need to start all over again with new material. To say that he makes all new things is to say that God gives up on stuff and says, you know what, that stuff didn't work, that person didn't work, that situation didn't work, so I need all new things. But here's the good news of Easter. God doesn't give up on stuff that seems to be without purpose. God doesn't give up on stuff that seems dead. God doesn't give up on stuff that's rebellious and starts all over. God works with what God has. And this is good news for every single one of us. God doesn't abandon creation. God doesn't abandon humanity and starts all over. He, he uses what he has. I like how Brian Zahn said it this past week. He said that God's solution for a creation marked by sin and death is not to abandon it, 
evacuate it, condemn it, or destroy it, but to remake it, to make it new again. That's what was inaugurated on Easter. When Jesus Christ resurrects from the dead, it's not a different Jesus. It's the same Jesus who was crucified. It's not some bait and switch. God doesn't allow Jesus to die and then pick someone who looks like Jesus. It's the same Jesus Christ, bodily risen from the dead. God knows how to take stuff that's dead. God knows how to take stuff that has no life. God knows how to take stuff that seems out of order and makes it New. I'm reminded in the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, there's this, there's this image where God tells the prophet Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. He says, I want you to go to a potter's house to show, to be, serve as a metaphor, an illustration of what I can do with my people, of what I long to do with humanity. He tells them to go into this potter's house, and in the story, the potter is having a hard time shaping the clay. The clay has a mind of its own. The clay, it's a bit rebellious. The clay is not aligning itself with the potter. But the beauty of the potter and this story is that even though the clay had a mind of itself, the potter kept working. Even though the clay was rebellious and didn't align with God, the potter kept working. The potter was not deterred by the marred clay. The potter didn't discard the clay and then go to uh, wherever you get clay. Mike, I don't know if you get clay at Michael's. Wherever you get clay and get some new clay and start working with. He works with what he has. God's mercy does not discard the clay. And you and I, we're like clay in God's hands. For some of us, we can be rebellious and do our own thing. For some of us, we have not aligned with God. For some of us, we've said, my kingdom come, my will be done. And God in God's faithful love stays with us, works with us, keeps on shaping us and keeps on fashioning us. He makes all things new. And this is good news for many of us. Maybe you've relapsed into some addiction and you think, God cannot work with me. Maybe you've been away from church for a long time and away from the Bible and away from prayer and you think, if only you knew my sins, there is no hope for me. But on Easter Sunday, we celebrate a God who keeps on working with the clay, a God who's committed to you, a God who's committed to our world. And Jesus says, I am making all things new. I want to focus on those six words for a moment because those words have the power to change our lives. Those words have the power to rescue us from sin and death. Those words have the power to save our very lives. I want to break down these six words very simply. The first thing Jesus says is, I am. I am. And with those two words, we see that God is the source of newness. The newness that you're longing for, the newness in your family that you're longing for, the way you're going to find that newness is only in Jesus Christ. So many of us, we think, if I just got a new job, I'll feel new. 
If, if I just got a new relationship, I'll feel new. If I just had a new outfit, I feel, I feel new. But the only one who can truly make you new is Jesus Christ. It's not religious activity. It's Jesus Christ. It's not just keep going to church. It's Jesus Christ. It's not a prayer here or there. The only one who can make you truly new is Jesus Christ. He says, I am. He's the one who's doing it. Then he says, making, I am making. And what I love about that word is that it is in the present tense. This is the God who is always at work in your life. Some of you probably right now are wondering, is God active in my life? Is God moving in my life? Pastor Rich, if you understood my sin, of course, this is the reason why God is not acting in my life. No, 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 but Jesus says, present tense, I am making currently right now. God is at work making stuff. God is at work making you. This is present tense wording, which should give us great hope. Although it doesn't seem like your situation might be changing, God is making at this very moment. Although it might not seem as if there is hope and a future right now making present moment, God knows how to make stuff out of nothing. He is making and then he says, all things. I just love that. I love that he doesn't say some things. I'm making some people new. All things. In the Greek language, the word all is all, okay? Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's everything. There's nothing out of the reach of Jesus' love. There's no sin too deep that God's grace does not go deeper. There's no struggle that's too powerful that God's grace cannot free you from. He is making all things new. There's no people group out of the reach of God. There's no human being out of the reach of God. There's no crisis out in our world that's out of the reach of God. He's making not some things, all things new, renewed, reconciled, resurrected, restored. The resurrection speaks of God's commitment not to give up on you. You might have given up on yourself. Others might have given up on you. But the resurrection is God's commitment saying, I have not given up on you. I will never give up on you. And what you believe is beyond fixing. What you believe is beyond repairing. If you allow me to fashion it and make it, I can make it into something that will blow your mind. I am making all things new. Every Easter that comes around, I, I think about uh, family members. In particular, I think about my, my uncle Jujo. Every Easter, my uncle Jujo. I have these Puerto Rican funny names, and we got all Jujo and Gami and Gabo and Tita and Titi. We got all the names here, but Jujo. And I love my uncle Jujo because uh, when he lived in Brooklyn, he would walk with his little dog, Sugar, uh, around Brooklyn, and he was a really handy man. He knew how to fix stuff that other people had discarded. And so people would put furniture on the curb and say, this chair is no good. And he'd walk around with his dog and find a piece of furniture and fix it and then give it to someone who might need it. 
Someone had a broken fan. They said the fan doesn't work. And, and he'd take the fan and bring it to his house and, and he'd fix it and give the fan away. He'd take a radio and, and fix it and give it away. And every time Easter comes along, I, I think about my Uncle Jujo because in, in many ways, God is like my Uncle Jujo. God scans the world looking for the stuff that people have put on the curb. God scans the world looking for the stuff that people say, this is broken beyond repair. God scans the world looking for the stuff that people say cannot be fixed, cannot be renewed, cannot be restored, cannot be brought back to life on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. What have you put on the curb of your own life? For some of us, you've put your marriage on the curb. And you said, this is beyond repair and beyond fixing. But on Easter Sunday, we celebrate a God, amen, who can make all things new. Some of us, we put yourself on the curb. And you said, if you understood my trauma, if you understood my problems, if you understood my addictions, there's no hope for me. But on Easter Sunday, praise the Lord, we celebrate a God who can make all things new. Some of you, you've put your family, you've put your future, you've put your sense of purpose on the curb, and you said nothing can fix this. Nothing can repair this. Nothing can make this new. But Christianity is the good news that God knows how to bring dead things back to life. And so for some of you, the question is, what's dead? What have you put on the curb? What have you given up on? And for many of us, I spoke to a number of people after the first service who said, I've given up on myself. And the good news of Easter, friends, is that no matter where you find yourself, no matter what looks dead and beyond repair, beyond restoration, beyond renewal, we serve a God who knows how to bring old things and dead things to life. When we look at a world marked by fear, marked by war, marked by violence, some of us look at the world and say, this world is beyond hope. Beyond repair, beyond fixing, but Easter Sunday reminds us that not even in the world that looks so despairing, that is not beyond the reach of God's love. And one day God is going to make this world come into newness of life in Jesus Christ as well. The good news of Easter is that we serve a God who's alive. The good news of Easter is that we serve a God who has the final word. I wish it was the case, friends, that as we clap our hands and as we sing, how wonderful would it be on Easter Sunday as, 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 we're, as we're doing all the clapping and all the praising that your problems that you came to church with kind of just disappeared as you were clapping. How wonderful would that be? You'd still be clapping right now. I wish it was the case that as we sing and talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that our problems just disappear. But here's the good news of it. Even though you might go back home to some of the problems that you came to church with, we have this hope in the resurrection. This hope in the resurrection that as a wonderful writer by the name of uh, Beekner said, that he said that resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing we face 
is never the last thing. Why? Because Jesus has the final word. Sin does not have the final word. Jesus has the final word. Death does not have the final word. Jesus has the final word. Jesus has the final word over your life, over our world, over our church. And this is reason for us to sing. A number of years ago, I was filled with great anxiety as a 19-year-old, figuring out what my own future was going to be, figuring out what purpose God had for me. And in my own life, it felt like God could do nothing with my life. And then I was, in, I was introduced to the love of God in Jesus Christ. And me and 15 other family members came to faith in Jesus on one night in a small church in Brooklyn, having our lives just rearranged and renewed. And he has not let me down. He has been faithful to take the stuff that seems lifeless and hopeless and to infuse it with his life and his hope and, and, and his desires for us. And so the question, friends, is this. What have you given up on? What have you put on the curb? What have you said is beyond repair, beyond fixing? On Easter Sunday, we declare a God who can bring life out of death. Amen. 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 And this is reason for us to sing. This is reason for us to shout. This is reason for us to clap our hands. Because God has the final word over our lives, over your life. And the final word is resurrection. The final word is newness of life. The final word is Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Amen. Amen. And amen. So let's stand and let's sing about it and shout about it and be about it. Lord Jesus, we give you praise that death does not have the final word, that sin does not have the final word, that you have the final word. Your resurrection power, your life, your peace, your joy has the final word. And Lord, we join the church around the world in celebrating this good news that you are alive. And because you are alive, we too can be made alive. And so, Lord Jesus, may we hold on to those words that you say to us, that you are making all things new. May we put our trust in you. May we put our hope in you. May we entrust our lives to you. And so we sing with the angels in heaven, rejoicing that this day has come, that you are alive. And so we sing to you with everything we have. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let's sing together.
Amen. Come on, church. He is risen. He is risen. Come on, one more time. He is risen. Come on, put your hands together. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We worship God in this place that our Lord Jesus is alive from the dead. We praise you, Lord. One of my favorite passages in the Gospels talks about the time when Jesus came alive. We celebrate and the sun is out and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in the Gospels, there's a passage that says, while it was still dark, the tomb had already been emptied. And I love that resurrection happens while it is still dark. Life might seem dark today. You might look at your life and you wonder, is there any hope? It's just so dark. But don't you love that our God is a God who knows how to work in darkness and work in darkness and work through darkness. And so you might, you might have come into church today heavy-hearted, struggling, feeling like there's a cloud over you. If, if that's you, you are the perfect candidate for God's resurrection power in your life. If you're like, my life is just not measuring up, you are the perfect candidate for the newness of life that God wants to pour out on you. I want to have our our prayer team come to my right. We end every gathering with a time of prayer because the fact is we need it. Life can get very difficult, get very hard. You can feel very alone. And so we end our time with prayer to remind you that you're not alone, that God is with you, and that God can strengthen you, and God can bring about newness of life in your situation. And so wherever you're at on your journey, we'd love to pray for you. Feel free to come forward at the end of our service, and our prayer team would love to join you in praying for you and seeing the resurrection of power Jesus fill your life. I imagine for those of you watching online and maybe some of you in this room, you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. You've never entrusted your life to him. You've never said, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to receive forgiveness. I want the kind of resurrection life, the joy, the peace, the life, the love that that you can offer. And maybe today God has been tugging at your heart. Maybe you've tried to make yourself new through your own willpower, through new achievements and more possessions, and you realize this is not making me new whatsoever. You need to be new from the inside out. And only God can transform you from the inside out. And so maybe you came to church today longing to begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if that's you, you can come up for prayer. You can also scan that QR code and one of our pastors would love to follow up with you and help you take your next step on your journey. And maybe even you came to church today and you have said yes to Christ, but you've never been baptized and you realize I'm ready to take the next step of being baptized in the name of Jesus. And if you'd like to do that, let us serve you along those lines. As we close, as I mentioned, and as Pastor Jackie mentioned, there's a few things downstairs that you can take advantage of. Down in the shell room, there's a wonderful place for uh, pictures. So whether you have friends you want to take photos with, 
uh, whether you're, you're with your family or if you want to do it by yourself, uh, feel, feel free to uh, go downstairs into the shell room and, and take a picture there. We have coffee waiting for you in the yellow room. And so feel free. The yellow room is that room to your left right when you walk in. And so feel free to uh, have a cup of coffee and enjoy some conversation with some folks downstairs. And again, if you're new... In the lobby area, there is a gift that's waiting for you. So take a quick trip there. We'd love to meet you there as well. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. I pray that you feast today. I pray that you rejoice today. I pray that there is much gladness in your homes. Why? Because Jesus Christ is alive. And because he is alive, you can be made alive. Your family can be made alive. Your purpose can be made alive. Your future can be made alive. And so what a day of celebration this is. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. With your hands in your hearts and a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit bearing witness to the truth and celebrating with the church around the world that Jesus Christ is alive. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the risen name of Jesus. And the church shouted, amen, amen, amen. Grace and peace to you all. Happy Easter.